And uh, we've got the official dropping. Uh, Alfred and those guys have been doing a ton of player interviews. It's been a lot of fun to watch. Uh, future freshman, is it? It might be back this week, but Brandon's been been taking a little break. But usually his shows are a lot of fun when they drop. Um, and then that's it. So that will be it for our show tonight. Apologies to Kirk Herbstreet. I actually just kicked him out because he he just the faces he was making behind the scenes here I did not like. So I wasn't even going to give him a chance to jump on the show tonight. Sorry, Kirk. Uh, that is it for the show though tonight for Austin Nace, Chris Moxley. I'm Matt Bruning. Have a great night. I assume Mike's not coming on. I don't I don't know. I didn't send him a link or anything, so I don't know. I haven't received an angry text yet, so okay. that's that, usually my my yeah. my signal. So Todd's question is interesting. Um let's read let's read it for the folks at home. Yeah. Mo so, Mofield was the two hundred seventh ranked athlete and barely a three star. I think we may be overselling him a little bit. I actually agree here, but not because of his recruiting ranking. I just, I have a really tough time being this hyped up on a player who's coming from Akron. And I think he's got some like really great route running. I think he's really good at it. Like, man, that's a lot of projection for this dude. And I like not a field, but I, I, at this point in his career, I think you just throw the recruiting stuff out the window and say, yeah, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. Um, I agree. I do think though, that th there's legit questions about transitioning from Akron and playing against Mac DBs every week to now the ACC DBs are like that much better, but it, it's going to be an adjustment for him for sure. And I think he's a talented player. I just, I also think we are overselling him a little bit. Like I would be surprised if he was a second round pick. I don't have him ranked that high. I, I don't. Yeah. yeah. I think he's more likely to be like a fourth rounder, which is fine. I mean, he's a dude from Akron who was due under seventh ranked athlete. Like that's pretty good. But I, I do think some people are a little over their skis on him. I don't know. I just, I think he's, he's a really good route runner. I mean, he did not have a bad game against Ohio state. Take what you want from that. Ohio state did not have a great defense last year, but still that was a just bad game in general. I mean, that was the game that Kyle McCord started. Akron was not in that game at all. And yet they really had issues covering him at times. I also think the fact that there were so many big schools in on him speaks to how good those schools think he is as well. LSU wanted him. Alabama wanted Like, there was big schools in on him. Almost positive USC offered him as well when he entered the transfer portal. Like, it wasn't it wasn't just Pitt, Toledo. No offense to Pitt, because I know they had a really great year. But it wasn't like schools you wouldn't expect. I didn't mean that as a shot toward Pitt. I realized that as I, like, grouped him in with Toledo. But, like... <laughs> When you have teams like LSU, Alabama, I don't know if Georgia came after, I can't remember, but USC, like when you have all these high-end schools coming and saying, hey, we want you to come to our school at the transfer portal, I see, I do think that matters. Like we see these, these schools now are very meticulous about who they go after. Like I know a lot of us here are not that big. I, I heard you and Austin talking, or you are Austin, you and Colin talking about Tyler Harrell recently. Like, I'm not that big on him, but I don't think Nick Saban goes and gets him for no reason. Like, I think they clearly have an idea of what they want to use Tyler Harrell for. And I would not be surprised if it's in some sort of Jamison Williams role. He's not going to be Jamison Williams, but I wouldn't be surprised if they use him that way. Like, I think that the way the transfer portal is now, 
and how that's changing for college. The fact that all those schools wanted him as well, I think, speaks to how highly they think of what he showed at Akron. So, and maybe Austin has an answer for this because I I don't. I probably don't. Why commit to Pitt? Like, like I no don't know to, either. No offense I, to Pitt, but like, why commit to Pitt if I, all these schools are coming after you? You know, it's funny. So I was talking <laughs> right. with. Uh, I was actually talking with 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 Ray Garvin about this because he he likes Konate a lot, and he was asking me. He was like, "Why?" Because he's not that high in a lot of our rankings. Like he's up there, but he's not super high, which is why I was I was kind of curious what what I, I think Mike might have him high, but I think I've got him like 37, 38. Like I don't have him super high. My big fear with that is I, I actually brought that up. He's like, you know, what, why did he go to Pitt? And I was like, I don't know. It just shows right off the bat he's got bad decision making. So I don't know what that means for his future. I, I don't. I mean that as somewhat of a joke. But I thought the same thing. I was like, why would you choose Pitt if you have teams like LSU, like Bama? Part I get. Why would you want to go to Bama with every? They're always bringing in five stars. That loaded room. There's no chance. There may be a shot you go there and you don't ever break out. But like. I don't really love LSU's room. I mean, neighbors may be good. I like Boutte. Like, I would have gone to USC at the time. That probably wouldn't end up being worse for him because then Addison ends up coming over. But, like, there were other high-end schools I probably would have chosen over Pitt. I I was very intrigued when he decided to go to Pitt. Did he commit before the their wide receiver goes left for Texas and Mark Whipple left Mm -hmm. for Nebraska? Yes, uh, I don't remember if it was before Whipple left for Nebraska, but it was before Marion left because okay, there were yeah. Whipple left and there was talks that Marion would take over the offense coordinator job for a little bit. Okay. That was kind of so, my hope just because I didn't want to lose him. But. Yeah. So I, I do wonder if he was like, hey, you know, Marion, Brandon Marion's a great receiver coach. I want to work with him. Mark Whipple's a guy who is passing a lot. You know, it, it makes sense situation-wise. We just saw Addison with Blitnikoff. Like, all that's going through his head. And now it's, like, a totally different situation. And that, not that it's, like, super different, but I do think Pitt's going to run a lot more than they did last year. And they're not going to pass nearly as much. So, I just, you know, you you wonder if he's kind of kicking himself at this point, saying, why did I, why did I commit here after, you know, so much staff change? He's going to be the guy there this year, so I'd probably he probably doesn't regret it that much. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it worked out for him now. Like, yeah, I mean, now, especially now. Yeah, like now that Addison's <laughs> gone again, I really think he could go out there and have because, uh, like, I agree. I, I we've talked about it for years. I, I I've argued with Ricky Valero, uh, who's also there's someone else. Is it Matt Jackson, who's also a really big Keaton Slovis guy? Uh, Nick Pentagoff, like there's a lot of people who still believe in Keaton Slovis. I haven't for you. I didn't believe in him as a freshman. I did not think he was that great. I think he can still support Konate in a major way. It's just the conversation again, going back to conversation. Cause we, we, we had a lengthy conversation about him the other day. My biggest fear with him is we just talked about it with those G five guys, right? Like not even just G five. You want to see it with power five guys as well. You want to see that early declare, if he doesn't come out this year, what does that look for him next year when I think it's it could possibly be a better class at wide receiver where I think there's a lot of questions this year outside of really those top two. And if you want to put Quentin Johnson up there, Downs, Addison, like there's still a lot of questions at the wide receiver position, in my opinion, where 2024, it could be an even better class. Like I, I, I don't know what that means for him. So I, I'm he's a guy that I'm really intrigued to see this year. If he does have a massive year, I would not be surprised if he comes out. And then, what kind of draft capital does he get? The nice thing for Pitt, like they bring back like 
They they really other than Addison and Pickett, they bring back like everything. I, like if if Addison had come back, I think I would have still said Pitt can can possibly win the ACC. They bring the whole the whole the whole offensive line back. Uh, like the the large majority of the their their skill guys, they they lose Crawl, but they have Bartholomew behind him. I don't think that would have been a big loss. Like I think losing Pickett would have been big, but I don't think I think Pitt would have still been a ten ish win team. Um, with Slovis, I think they win maybe eight. I think they lose to Tennessee. Um, I, I you know they there's a couple other games that I I think they probably lose as well. Some of those fifty fifty games last year that were pretty close, they they probably flipped the other direction. Which is a what's their win total? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I actually haven't so, seen what what books have them at. Really quick, I, don't, he, I, I remember off the top of my head. He did commit after Whipple um, left. Whipple left on December 8th. Konate did not join Pitt until January 2nd. Or at least that's the official day that he committed uh-huh. to to Pitt. So. Their win total, Austin, is 9.5. Yeah, I'd probably take the under. 9 or 8 feels right to me. A couple more games like that uh, Western Michigan game they lost last year? Yes. I mean, much. it makes sense. They probably can't keep up the same way they did in a couple of those matchups. That the, the defensive front's going to be very very good though. Like I both both from like just what I know and then they they covered three pod the other day. They were basically saying like like Collegiate Baldonado, like they brought in like a bunch of four stars last year. Uh Elliot Donald, uh you might recognize that last name. Uh he's a he's a pretty good duck? player as well. Yes. Related related to the duck of duck fame yes aaron donald's <laughs> aaron fame. donald's nephew is a pit um and was a four star in his own right good play so looking at their schedule i think there's like easily five maybe six wins but they've actually yeah. got some decent opponents this year yeah. i mean you went depending on what unc is miami they get tennessee and west virginia first two games of the season like that's I think they'll beat West Virginia pretty easily. So that like that's actually seven. not one that I think is close to a loss. I think they lose to Tennessee. Okay. They probably lose one of UNC or Miami. Um, and then that, they'll just be like one Syria. or two other ones. They probably beat stupid. Syracuse. So then that gets them to eight. So yeah, I think nine wins is, is fair. Yeah. That's actually a fair number. Nine and a half. I don't think Seattle's going to be good this year. Nine and a half. I mean, I have. Well, I mean, be- then you get. So then it's down to the last two is Virginia Tech and Louisville. Can they beat one of those teams? If we think they can get to nine, they got to beat one of those teams to get to 10. I don't think either of those teams are going to be very good. Well, I think Virginia Tech might not be that bad this year, but I don't think Louisville's a great team. Um, I I would have them favored in both of those matchups as of, as of now. So nine, nine's probably more fair number than nine and a half is because like you got to, you can only lose two games. And I think the two games that they would lose Tennessee and one, like Austin said, one of UNC one of and Miami. All right, so to get but, to I mean, Shane, there's a loss. There's a loss on there somewhere else. I yeah. admit. So Shane, uh, Shane White did on the YouTube uh, channel here. Ask how far down do you go on C two C rankings for each position before you switch over to just CFF production. Um, I don't know. I feel, I don't know how each of us we probably all attack this different. So Austin, how far do you go down your rankings before you switch to CFF production? Um, at wide receiver, I think it kind of varies depending on the position. Um, quarterback is such a crapshoot that like after f- like five, I'm tempted to do it. I I don't quite, but like I mean, I I've got guys around my my top 
15 quarterback rankings that like I don't like I don't think Hendon Hooker has real Debbie value. I'm sorry. I I don't see it. He's gonna be like 24 next year when the draft comes around. He had some really, really just god awful years. Like I don't think he's ready to start day one, but he's gonna be great this year for for CFF purposes. Like so Cameron Ward, I have in my top 12. Like I don't know that there's any real NFL value there. Anthony Richardson, I don't think he's a real Debbie asset. I'm sorry, I don't. Uh, Malik Cunningham is in my top like 17. Like I, Brendan Armstrong. So quarterback, I flip pretty early. Uh, running back, I actually do as well. After running back 18, I kind of flip, which is like Kendall Milton range. After that, I'll, I'll pivot. Uh, wide receiver is a little deeper and they're kind of interspersed. Um, like I don't know that Nathaniel Dell has real NFL value, but he's my wide receiver 33. And A.T. Perry's right behind him at wide receiver 34. Miles Price I have at 29. So like late 20s is kind of where I flip the switch on, on wide receiver. So, I mean, it's, I do it early. And I, I will admit, like I, I know when Chris and I, Chris and I are going to do a couple of podcasts together where we kind of discuss strategy this offseason. Um, I flip earlier because I am not a CFF expert. I would rather spend a pick or a round or two early to go get like an obvious name than wait. I know I have like campuscant.com. I can go reference, but I like to stay in my wheelhouse. Like I don't want to just take a guy because Jared and Nate and Brandon, I love all of them. I don't just want to take a guy because they say he's good. Like I would rather take the guy that I know that I'm familiar with that I think is good. So I will flip a little bit earlier on that. I know Chris will not. And that like, we just draft completely differently in that way, but they're both effective strategies. Yeah, so I actually think mine's somewhat close to Austin's, and maybe that's, again, because I think we come from the same background on that part of it. Like, I get all my CFF knowledge from them. I, I don't have much of, of that, and I don't want to pretend like I do. So when it comes to stuff, like, I'm listening to what Chris says, Jared, Nate, Brandon, I'm listening to those guys, you know, um, another guy that I really like, John Lobb, Eric Froton. Like, when they talk about guys, like, I pay attention to what these guys say because I feel like they're the the guys in the field. If you look at my ranks, I have a lot of those guys mixed in. Like, I have, you know, well, Matthew Golden, I think, but, like, Miles Price I have at 32. I have A.T. Perry, who I'm, I don't know really has possibly NFL uh, upside. I have him at 24. Like, I've got those guys mixed in somewhat in uh, with my C2C ranks because I also pivot early, mostly because I've kind of, it's going to sound bad saying this. I don't outside of most positions, wide receiver and running back. I feel okay with, I kind of am punting on freshmen right now. Like I just don't want to continue grabbing a lot of them early. Cause if you waste those early picks on those guys and they don't pan out, in my opinion, you, you could honestly tank your team a little bit. Like I, there's a top end guys that I truly believe in. I like Devin Brown, Drew Aller at the quarterback position. They're really the only two freshmen I'm grabbing. Like I'll grab Kaden Hauser late because I like him. You don't have to take them early. I'm not grabbing K Clubnick in the first round. I don't think he he's got real any CFF upside, possibly even NFL upside. Like Brady Allen, we talked about him earlier. Austin, well before the show, Austin mentioned he may not even be the guy at Purdue uh, moving forward because of a guy that's coming in next year. There's guys that I'll take late. The freshmen outside of the top guys, and and I think, you know, Austin, you're in the program draft with me. I didn't take any freshmen. I, I don't know if you did. I didn't go and try and grab any of those guys that were still left on the board. I went straight CFF for every single one of my picks. 
Because I was like, I just, I don't want Damian. I'm not trading up to grab Damian Martinez. And Alfred's not going to listen to this, so it doesn't matter. Like, I'm not, I'm not, tra- I'm not trading up to grab him. There's no point. Give me the CFF guys that are on the board who have already proven it. And even in some of my other ones, like, that's kind of the approach I've moved towards. But in a startup draft, I, if you're just going strictly positions, wide receiver, like I think if you use our ranks, enough of us do it um, to where we mix those guys in that I would just kind of really go off of our ranks. Running back for me, I mean, I'm just looking at mine probably right around 40-ish is, is where some of the freshmen I'm iffy on, but I see some CFF guys I take. Quarterback, man, is early as you want, in my opinion, because I would just nail – NFL quarterback as hard as you can in the startup and get got get Justin Herbert get I mean I don't know if you guys believe in Jalen Hurts get a Jalen Hurts or, or get a I'm trying to think of I can't for the life of me think of another decent quarterback you don't have to pay too far of get Derek Carr who you will have probably for the next five six years like get get a high-end guy and a good QB too and then if you just want to go completely CFF quarterback on the CFF side I'd be cool with that because chances are Kenny Pickett was available for, or well, probably not actually. Now I think about it. I'm, I was thinking of like Shaq's league. I don't know how many people I'm trying to think of, of different leagues. There's going to be quarterbacks who, who come out of nowhere, who'll be available on waivers. Um, maybe not on the, the NFL side, but that you can grab late on, on or off waivers in your CFF leagues. I just, I, I'm kind of punting that position kind of like I am in just regular dynasty leagues as well. Like I'm just done with quarterbacks. All right, Chris, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, different. <laughs> I don't, I don't take CFF producers to like round 20 at this point. Um, I will target five stars and I will target four stars and I will target players that I, I think um, the 2022 campus to can freshman, a supplemental draft guide have rated highly. Um. That's that's kind of how I roll, and I will roll that way for twenty rounds because I I just believe that you can find value later, um, and I think you know I don't uh, I don't have all the positions ranked for C two C right I I do a lot more on the CFF side, uh, but I do have quarterbacks ranked because because I think quarterback is a really important uh, strategic position, and a lot of it a lot of early picks revolve around your quarterback strategy, and I think that that's kind of the basis whether or not you are pro early quarterback or late quarterback, I think really influences uh, the draft strategy in the middle rounds of, or the early middle rounds of a C2C draft. So I'm like, Matt, like I'm someone grabbing Connor Wegman, like five-star quarterback going to Texas A&M. Do I believe that Connor Wegman is some like amazing talent? No, but he's still a five-star quarterback. Um, Do I trust Jimbo? Not really. But th- those are the type of players that I'm still willing to grab a- and gravitate towards because I-, I think that, A, they hold value and they maintain value over time. And then, B, I still trust like e- other evaluators um, more than I do myself at, at certain points. And, I- and I'm just willing to understand that um, I'm wrong probably more often than I'm right. Uh, so so I-, I do not – I will go freshman, 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 upside – as long as I think I realistically can. And then I stay out of that middle tier for the most part. Like I, I'm not taking like low four stars, high three stars. Very rarely am I taking those players in drafts. And I see a lot of those players go between round 20 and round 45 ish. Um, like a three star running back going to 
Illinois, for example. Like, I don't have any interest in that player because I don't think that's a player that's going to be productive for uh, CFF production. I don't think it's a player that has a good shot at breaking out at the NFL level. And I think that that's a mistake that a lot of people make between round 20 and round 45-ish, where they're targeting three stars they really like. Those are players that just like aren't, those are way almost wasted roster spots to me because I don't think those players have a lot of value. And I don't think those are players that are likely to be next men up and be incredibly productive. It has to be a really specific scenario for that to work. And so, like, I'm trying to think of a really good example of that. Um, Is Damian got, Martinez an example of that this offseason? Um, no, because I think that system is good enough where you can justify it. And he goes higher than that anyway. Um, I think it, I'm trying to think of a good, like Michael Allen, the NC state running back. He might be a good example of that. Like, I'm not sure how talented he is. And like that system is good, but it's not great for running backs. Like we saw Donovan Knight and Ricky person both be okay. What about Samuel probably. Brown? I like I like Samuel Brown, but he's a, he, it does fit in that bucket of players. You probably don't think are going to be super productive. Right. Like that's that yeah. he's like a four four star running back who like what is he gonna do for you? He's not gonna be CFF producer. He, I like him, but I don't know if he's an NFL back. So those are the type of players that I don't really want to draft all that much. Like I they aren't big targets for me. Um so I don't trust my evaluation process enough. And those players historically don't hit at a high enough rate to justify that selection, in my opinion. Like I would just rather go. CFF, CFF, CFF for the next 20 rounds. That's just- I'll have to I'll have to pull this week or next week my I'm away this weekend. What my um like my roster break like guys I have most rostered uh in leagues. I can pretty much guarantee as much as Chris and I will disagree on some uh tenets uh, of draft and and possibly roster construction although I don't think we differ that much on roster construction. Um, you you won't find many of those guys on my teams either. I think the only like three star ish running backs that I'm taking this year are low four stars. Like I, I have a lot of Cartavius Norton because that's a great system. Uh, Damian Martinez, Jonah Coleman, and Jadarian Price. Those are like the four guys from that bucket this year that I'm probably going to end up with a lot of. But like I yeah, the Samuel Browns, the Michael Allens, um, that that tier of player does not particularly interest me personally. It just feels like a wasted pick. Yeah. Like it really, it really does. Like I just don't know what the upside of those players are. Yeah. Like, um, I, so he followed. This is a follow up question. So Shane, I think both of these guys are interesting to discuss. I like Brady Allen and Brian Brom. Actually, like it is Brian, right? There's two Broms. I think it is Brian. Um, I'm pr- like I think that yeah, his, Jeff, isn't it? Oh, it's shit, Jeff, Brom. It's Jeff, whatever. Um, it's the after show. You can say whatever you want. Yeah. All he produces are efficient quarterbacks. Yeah. Like so, if Brady Allen gets that job, I actually really like stashing Brady Allen. Uh, Justin Martin's another one I stash. The one problem with Brady Allen, as we were talking about before the show here, Purdue has another four-star guy coming in in 2023. So, I don't think it's necessarily a guarantee. And Brady Allen, like in my opinion, is not a special player at all. He's just going to be in a really nice spot to produce. So I haven't broken down the other kid too much yet, but I, there's a chance he's more talented. And Nate Johnson, the problem with him is that Cameron Rising has a shit ton of eligibility left. Yeah. I really like Nate Johnson, the player, but if Cameron Rising stays there, he's not going to usurp Cameron Rising. So that's going to be a problem. What's the kid out of Louisville's name? 
Caleb Johnson, another kid that I loved. But they have Pierce Clarkson coming in next year. He's not going to play over Pierce Clarkson. Yeah. Right? Like, like those are the scenarios that you're dealing with. Um, A good example of that kind of guy last year was Peter Costelli. (laughs) Like, right? Those are the type of players who I just don't think are worth drafting. Well, it's just so hard to hit on that type of player. They do hit. Like, I don't want to act like they don't, especially for CFF production. It's just really hard to figure out who, because there are so many four and three star court players. And that's another reason why I like Justin Martin a lot as a guy that stashed this year, because I am pretty damn sure that UCLA is not going to recruit over him next year. And DTR is definitely gone. And Martin is like a like for like replacement. So that's why I like Justin Martin a lot. And I'm a little iffy on a guy like Nate Johnson, who I think is a significantly better player, but it's like, he's probably going to sit for at least two years. And that really, really hurts, especially in like a, a CFF or C2C league. So the, the one thing with Johnson, I, I don't, if Cameron, right. Is this crazy? I, I, they won I 11 like games like, last year and they're going to win 11. Games again. I just want to hear the right. crazy, no, no, no. crazy. No, no, no. I don't the, Cameron. Nate Johnson's not starting this year. Cameron Rising looked amazing in that Rose Bowl. Again, Ohio State's defense really bad last year. If Rising goes out and has a really good season this year, is it crazy to think he wouldn't go to the NFL? I don't think he has those tools. I don't either, but if he gets a decent grade, do you think he'd come back? Do you think he'd go? If they tell him he could be a second round or third round, I fucking told Desmond Ritter and Malik Willis they were first first round guys last year, and they they weren't, but you never know. I would be surprised if Cameron Rising is not at Utah next year, considering his eligibility. That is my thought. But I do think he's a very solid player. Um, I was really impressed with what he did last year. I like. I agree. I think he's a really good player. I, I have been on the Cameron Rising train since like late 2019. Like this is a kid that I had stashed everywhere when I like because I thought he was a good player. But I think Utah, like that's his level. Like that that's his level like and i don't mean that in in an insulting way that's just utah like, brings in like legit talent too like year over year like they actually bring in pretty good players um i know we like we like jalen glover a lot as a four-star running back um like they brought in a handful of four-star quarterbacks in the last couple of years too like this is a this is a team that recruits really well and surrounds their players with good or surrounds their quarterbacks with good enough talent to keep a guy productive like not if you're bad you'll lose the job but if you're like mediocre you're probably keeping that job and i think camera rising is pretty good like i don't like i don't think he's losing that job and i don't know that like a stetson bennett type of player is losing a job at utah either like they do really good job of of keeping that room stacked yeah i don't i don't think nate's gonna come in and beat him out at any point that's what my your biggest thing is you're hoping he goes to the nfl after this year and even not like if, if Nate Johnson redshirts this year, you could still get four years out of him. Like, I, I think there's a shot if he can improve his passing a little bit more. Johnson could be an NFL guy, but would you be surprised if he's a three-year player at Utah or four-year player if he redshirts and then Rising's gone the year after? Like, I still think you can get plenty of – it's just depending on what, obviously, Utah does recruiting-wise down the road, which we don't know. I don't think they've got anybody this – I haven't dove – that deep in yes he is a runner by the way shane he's a track guy he's got like legit he's like 10 5 yeah like he's yeah he's, he's fast as shit yeah he, he was fast. a two-sport athlete in 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 high school yeah uh if you uh we uh, you can just search um 
forgot what we did it, what we called it. I think it's the Elite 11 Finals article on the website, Shane, assuming you're subbed or it's actually free. So you can just I'm go pretty sure up. that's I'm pretty sure that's CU Tiger, if I had to guess. Based on ah, based okay. on his based on this comment, I'm assuming that that's who this is. Because ah, I have discussed okay. I have discussed the league with somebody that. in which you get bonus points for guys getting uh, drafted. Uh-huh. The didn't realize uh, that, so that was... that's my guess. Well, we, okay. maybe he won't. You will neither confirm nor deny. But it is okay. Yeah. My bad. I don't yes. know why I didn't realize yeah. that. Um, so if you when you're on the go on the website, Shane, and just type in Elite Eleven Finals, and it'll pull up last year. Like I wrote up Nate Johnson because he made it to the finals, and I talked about like what he did as a track star. Like he's he he's an impressive player. The one thing I'll say on Brady Allen, um, I have not dove too deep into Ricky Collins, so I don't know how good. I just went to go look and see what he was. I will. I think Brady Allen fits the mold of what Brom wants more. So I wouldn't. I also think we've seen a lot lately these freshmen not starting. So I think Brady Allen will at least start for a year, and then if he goes out there and produces, that could push Ricky Collins back. So I'm not as panicked on Allen because I think he fits more of what Aiden O'Connell just showed last year than Collins does. So. We'll see. I, I like I said, maybe I'm gonna go, I'll go watch Ricky Collins tomorrow night and come back next week. I'm like, nah, Brady Allen's not it, guys. Like, it's gonna be it, Collins, but it could also be an a, a, a an example of he's making what is it, chicken or chicken whatever, chicken chicken salad. What, what's the saying? I don't know what the saying. I, is. I know what you're. I don't know how the saying is either. Yeah, but, but like, a, Aiden O'Connell is not a good player. Like, okay, realistically okay, speaking, okay. like he's, he his he's arm okay. is extremely iffy. Like if he was ninety five percent of other schools, like we would never even mention Aiden O'Connell. But but he was the ba- Jeff- he was the backup as a fifth year player. But much but Jeff Brom is kind of a quarterback whisperer when it comes to getting these guys to work in college. So like I, I don't I don't think highly of Brady Allen. I like Brady Allen because he's at Purdue. Oh, I know you don't. Yeah. So if I watch this other kid and I'm like, this kid is actually probably legitimately good, then that might change my feeling on Brady. Brady Allen's like him and Sam Horn were both like, I they 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 are not, in my opinion, natural throwers. Like they try to guide the ball in, whereas like a confident quarterback just grips it and rips it. Like 15 yard out, like instead of trying to, you know. I'm going to put it in this window. It's like, I'm just freaking firing it in there. My guy's going to get it. Like there is a difference between those. Yeah, I agree. But I mean, he's, he's got an above average. I don't know. I like him. I know David. Well, I don't know if David likes him because of Brom or if he actually likes Allen. There's someone else who likes Allen. I think he actually likes him. Okay. So I heard he like, likes him. Ooh, even better. I don't, I don't know that I like, like him, but I did like him. I I think, I don't know. Listen, I haven't watched Ricky Collins, so I can't speak to that part of it. I don't know how good I think Ricky Collins is, but I was very great, high. Great quarterback name too. Ricky Collins oh, is yeah. a really yeah, good quarterback. Definitely, name. definitely. Like I and oh, I actually, you know who else I know is big on Brady Allen is Felix, which always scares me. Me and Felix agree on a player. It, I don't like it, but I know because I looked at our freshman rankings and we both have him like very similarly ranked. And I was like, this just sucks. Like I, now I have to bail on liking Brady Allen. So, but I, I we'll see. I, I, I actually plan on doing a bunch of uh, YouTube videos for the, for the YouTube channel on the 2023 quarterback class, just kind of getting you guys ready for the future. So we'll see. I haven't looked at Ricky yet though. 
Do we? I saw I saw a Notre Dame fan trying to soothe themselves the other day since they're not going to get Dante Moore anymore and they're probably going to get CJ Carr, uh, saying that the 2023 quarterback class isn't very good anyway. Are, like, is it for sure it, they're not going to get Dante? It, they're probably not good. No, it's basically so. They, yeah, so basically, well, from what I've heard, Dante Moore basically silently committed to Notre Dame a few months ago, and then has jerked them around for months to the point where they've said either you shut up and commit, or we're taking Carr, and he wouldn't shut up and commit. So they're going to take Carr. Yeah, I like Moore. I really hope he doesn't go to Michigan. I really he, hope he doesn't go to Michigan. he's a uh, another David guy. David really likes Moore. Yeah, he's his QB one. He's yeah. my QB two. It's a it's a really good quarterback class. It is. Yeah. Like I, I don't remember the someone who knew who just subbed to our site. I can't remember what his name is. I'll look because we were just talking about it on Twitter earlier. Um, 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 um Calvin because he, he was looking to join uh, some C two C leagues. Like he was asking if they're like I legit. I've only scout. I've only, I've watched sixteen quarterbacks. I like like I like like my top twelve. I, I like, like like David. Likes. David like likes Dante Moore, Brady Allen. I like like my top twelve. So like I, I was looking at there was Devin Brown and Drew Aller are only over. Um, what was it? I had them or I had Devin. No, I had I still have Aller ranked higher than Devin Brown, but I'm probably being stupid for that. But where did I have it? I have three guys ranked higher than both of those two. Right now, Arch Malachi and Dante Moore. I do not have Arch that high. I feel like I'm the only one. I don't remember where. I think Austin, you have him too, right? Am I remembering that correctly? I have him too, Todd. I think there's a lot of things to like about Arch Manning. The not not the least of which is the fact that his last name is Manning. He's going to get every opportunity in the entire fucking world uh, to be a star. Um, but he does have legitimate issues with his game. He does. Um, I don't think he's very polished at this point. He is kind of Eli ish. He's got the like, fuck it. I'm just going to throw it kind of, uh, mentality at times. Um, and he doesn't play very tough competition. So I think yeah. compared to some of these other guys, like, I, like he probably is a slightly toolsier, but more is Dante Moore is more ready to start today. Like if you drop them both into a college football game today, Dante Moore is more ready to play. I have Manning over Moore, but they're close. Like I don't think that's like like the rankings all like him. Um, like I I think Malachi Nelson's more ready to start today. Yep. Um, and honestly, really, like I think I, I'm not quite as high on, on like a Jaden Rashada. I think he's ready to start today more than 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 Arch Manning is. So what about um, our boys? What about Slenderman? I have him low too. I'm not, I'm out on. Nico. I haven't great. I haven't like the thing about him is like, he is such a beautiful thrower of the ball. Like he Man, really his is. Throws are so nice. But he, he can't move at all. Like he no, has negative, he has like negative rush share in high school. Yeah. Like so he can't Slen- move. Slenderman. If, for those listening to the after show is, yeah. is Tennessee commit Nico. Yeah. Dude's like six, six and weighs like a buck 50. Um, Really, I like him really going. Hit. I actually kind of like him going to that offense, though. But yeah, I agree with like I, I have. Rash- uh, so just I have Arch at four, and I'm not trying to be controversial. Like my biggest thing in going watching, 
he makes a lot of bad decisions in my opinion. And I don't know if that is what Austin just mentioned more of like, he's just like, fuck it. I'm just throwing it. But like, there's a lot of times like he just completely misses the defender, right? Whether it's a linebacker, a defensive back who's dropped into the middle, just completely misses them and just throws it right to him in the middle of the field for interceptions. I, I do have some questions about his arm and his accuracy, but like, I just, I like more. I agree more Malachi, Jaden Rashad are the three I have ranked ahead of them. And I think all of them could go in. I, I just said, I feel like I'm talking about both sides of my mouth now because I just said I don't think we're going to see freshman quarterbacks start that often. But I think all three of those guys could go and and start right away if they wanted to. I mean, Malachi's not because Caleb's going to be there. But, like, to, would I be that surprised if Dante Morris shows up early next year? By the way, we'll still be 17 years old when he shows up next year for spring practice. Would I be that surprised if he goes in there, beats out J.J. McCarthy? No, not at McCarthy's all. not good, so that yeah. wouldn't be surprising at all. Dante Moore is the most college ready quarterback yeah. in high school by and then, a good amount. I think his upside's like super high. Like he doesn't have the same upside as those other dudes. But no, I, I think Malachi has the most upside, in my opinion. I don't I don't know who where Austin stands on those guys, but Malachi's mine one. Um I don't think that he has a big frame, Todd. I know because he's he's related to the the Uyunglele's as well. I'm pretty sure they're like cousins. his cousins. I, think. Uh, he's not, I don't think he has that. Not like that his legs, yeah. His legs are skinny. Like I just don't think he has. Like, everyone's like he. I've heard. I, I posted this once on Twitter, and somebody legit, like no shit, said, "Oh, his family's like Polynesian or whatever. He'll he can get to two thirty easily." And I was like, <laughs> "He can't. Like he's just a stick." And it's not even the size that we're. It's, he just cannot move well. He cannot move well. And I think like you like it's. He's like a baby giraffe. It's virtually impossible, in my opinion, to be a high-end quarterback prospect in this day and age if you don't move well. Like Malachi Nelson's not a runner at all, but I think he moves better than 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 I am Olivieva does. He like he doesn't even avoid the rush very well. I think he really struggles with it. But again, like watching him just throw a pass, like he he looks the part. He really really does. He's got a nice arm. He's accurate. But, like, I, I just think if you're trying to project beyond just, like, he's going to go to Tennessee and score some points, I think there's enough other good quarterbacks in this class where at his cost, I'm probably not interested in that. Like, if I, I'll go, I'd rather take Malachi Singleton who's going to Arkansas, uh, like, five, four rounds later in drafts next year. I'd rather, honestly, at cost, I like the kid that's going to Syracuse in that offense, Lenoris Sellers, I think is a solid player. He's not, he's not the quarterback that Nico is. He's a three-star kid, but, like, He's going to be free. I would rather take Lenora Sellers because I think he can be able to have a Brennan Armstrong-ish couple of years there at Syracuse. I mean, is Nico the type of guy like Clay, Kate Klubnick, who I was really low on, I think a lot of us were, where you go and you watch him in person, you're like, okay, this dude's a little bit different than what I saw. Like, yeah, he doesn't have... Does, but yeah. Like, I, I mean, I think... It's got to, there's got to be something where this dude's like a top three quarterback and a five star compared to like what we're like. I just wonder what that discrepancy is. And maybe it's just like he has one of the most beautiful releases. I will say, like, 24 7 has had one or two kids like that every year for the past few years that just like blatantly isn't the athlete that like they still put there because he throws a pretty ball. And I think most of those guys haven't worked out particularly well. Because the the quarterback position is kind of 
shifted a little bit. Like I, I, I think there's just a risk of that. And I know it's like, you know, getting caught up, but I think like usually the five-star fade is fairly obvious every year. Like the last couple of years it's been Harrison Bailey, Brock Vandergriff and Walker Howard this year. Like it's been one every year. And for me, Nico is the guy next year. That's just, that is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I just to just to give because I have he's one of the guys I have I've grayed out. He he's right now sitting as my QB ten. So like I I'm not that, and I, mean, I think a lot of it too is he obviously. I mean, playing in in California, that people boost that up as as one of the better states for competition. I, I do think that it is some of the way that he. I do think he as as Austin's already stated, like a really good passer. I just I, I don't I don't see with some of the other guys like I think Novasad's a better passer and plays better competition. He's gonna play better competition this year. I've got a I'm trying I was trying to pull up my my I mean, Pierce Clarkson who's I didn't even realize his dad is like a a QB coach from like runs all these QB camps and everything. Dylan Lonergan, uh, Eli Holstein, uh, Jackson Arnold. I have all those guys a, a ahead of Nico. Like I just I don't think. He's going to be, yeah, what, what you said, my, he's my Cade club, Nick, this year. Like, I I only boosted Cade because of what Allen said. Like, I think I had Cade at QB 10 until I moved him up because of what Allen said. But I, I think the difference with them is, and Austin, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I actually think you can see that on tape when you watch Nico, though. Like, I, I can see the throws. Yes, he's 100% going to be the new McCord. It's 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 sad. It's terrible. <laughs> Nova Sapphire um, Eisman. 100% that's coming baby in that Baylor offense. Uh, but I, I think you can see it a little bit more on, 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 on tape. I just, I think he's got a better arm than Cade. I just, I don't think he's going to be, be that great. One more thing before we get out of here. Cause like it, we're, we're running long here, but it's, it's been kind of fun. So I do like Jade and Davis, um, Shane, I, I texted, I don't remember if Moxley was in the text thread at this point, but last year, one of my guys who I talked to a lot at Ohio State, they were in love with Jaden Davis, and we were texting about him. I went and looked him up. He was my QB one until I watched Dylan Rayola, who I think may be better than most of the guys in the 2023 class, if I'm being honest. I know, I know the Alfred disagrees with me. We talked a little bit about that in the recruiting channel the other day, but uh, I think he's easily, at least for right now, I'm going to be honest, I haven't watched a ton of the 2024 class. He's probably going to be the two behind Rayola um, if he goes to Clemson, which I don't think he will because they just got uh, Christopher this year. Um, I mean, I guess they could go get Jaden Davis. but I'm just saying Vizina smacks of yeah. career, career sit the bench guy at Clemson. Like he just really, really does. I just don't see anything special with him. Hunter, Hunter Johnson type. Yeah, they I, they just don't, and maybe that's changing. I don't feel like they've done a big job of doing the what I'm going to call the Ryan Day thing and like going and getting that five star quarterback every year though. Like I don't know that they'll go get Jaden Davis. Maybe they will. I, I I don't know. Or I guess you said they offered him, so clearly they want him. If he goes there, I think he's better than Vizina, but I I don't. Uh, I don't want to hurt. I don't want to upset you, but like I wouldn't love that for Jaden Davis. I don't know. Not until they get a we're, better offensive coordinator there. But where Jaden Bradford stands on on this show, I just know he's South Carolina's twenty twenty four kid. I have watched yeah, a lick of him, show. but I there you no go. Idea. Wrap it. That's 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 the show. <laughs>